2: Support for the Man City Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in England to experience their life-changing products. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MANCITY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code MANCITY. It's time to shave those balls.
1: A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams? Niche nonsense? Or surprisingly brilliant? You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now.
2: Welcome to the Man City show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And it's a bit weird, really, that the new season started with games all over the weekend and again next weekend. And City could, they could, by Monday next week, be bottom of the league, six points behind the league leaders, having played no games, of course. So we've got no game, really, to to talk about, but lots more to ponder. And I've got three of the best in the business to help me. A a big welcome to uh, our old friend, John Stapleton. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nigel. Good to hear from you. And also, we've got Rob Baron, CTID. Hi, Hi, Nigel. And finally, last but certainly not least, my old friend, Steve Cox. Steve, welcome. Thank you. Hello. Uh, listen, I, I want to kick off, actually, on the, sort of the-, the generic topic of the fact that uh, clearly we're still not going to games, stadiums are still shut, and-, and as match-going fans, how excited can we be about watching City on the TV? Uh, I'd be interested to know your view. And uh, as a season ticket holder, John, of many years travel, many miles to City games, this is the first season, of course. I suspect that you've got your season ticket and you can't actually go and see City. So how excited can we be in these current times, John?
3: Are you as excited as you would have been in the past? No, not in, not in the least. I mean, it's it's better than nothing, isn't it? I, I, yes, I still jump up from my seat when when City score a goal, and I have the I have the mock sound on to hear the crowd that isn't a crowd at all, of course, to try and sort of <laughs> simulate the experience I've had for so many years, like 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 all of you. But it's not the same. It's it's a very poor second. Um, I don't have a season ticket yet because I don't know what City can flog me on, can they? they don't know what they're flogging. Um, and I did hear. I mean, I heard from inside the club the, well, a week or so ago. Uh, that they were hoping to have a, maybe a few people in at least uh, for a, the game against Arsenal on, on October the 11th, but in, ver- in view of what's happened since, I think that's very optimistic thinking. So, yeah, it's a big gap in my life. I mean, you know, I travel up, as you do, Nigel, on the, on the train. I uh, meet similar people on the train every week when I go up, sometimes twice a week even. I have a good natter, I have a drink beforehand, and then a couple of babies afterwards. It's, it's a big part of my social life, apart from the football, which has just disappeared, and I miss it. I miss it terribly.
2: I'm, I'm the same, John, and I think you're right. It isn't just the game, is it? It's it's the whole experience and the, and the, the excitement of turning up at the game and, and and meeting your friends and the routines that we all have, and that's 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 what, what I miss as well. Rob, Rob, how are you feeling about it all, Rob? And I'm another season ticket older but who hasn't got his season well, ticket yet?
0: Yeah, I I think it's it's awful. It's I miss it terribly, and I want to go back and. Uh, I won't be satisfied till I'm able to, to to go back. I mean, what makes it so awful is the quality of uh, Sky and BT commentators, uh, who who are on the whole dreadful. And then they get worse than that. Um, that they're, they're opportunistic, they're formulaic, and they don't really uh, add anything to my enjoyment of the game. So. I would rather watch it than not watch it. But, you know, listening to Gary Neville and the guy from Liverpool uh, game after game is not encouraging for a a happy start to the season.
2: Uh, Steve, are you a sound-on or a sound-off man when when, when you watch uh, City on the Box? And and how excited are you about the new season?
1: I I hate the crowd sound. The artificial crowd sound just sounds wrong to me. It's just just Removes the atmosphere completely, so I actually prefer to listen to it with the sound off. And like Rob, I cannot stand the commentary, it drives me absolutely nuts. If anything, you know, I, I just find it really hard to get excited about watching it on telly. I do watch it on telly, I do enjoy watching it on telly, however. I can't get as excited as I do when I go to a game. Nothing beats going to one of the sort of like small grounds, like uh, Craven Cottage, for example, and standing with the City fans in the away end. There's nothing can beat that, and the atmosphere that's generated by it. And long may that occur after we get rid of this horrible virus.
3: Could I just could I just intervene on behalf of the presenters and commentators' uh, trade union? Um, I think <laughs> I, I think you've been a tad unfair. I mean. Uh, Jamie Carr I find, uh, well, incomprehensible from time to time. And I, I know I'm the last person to attack anyone for an accent, but it is, it is pretty thick. Uh, but what, what's your beef, man? I mean, I mean, Rob, you outlined in, 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 in general terms a, a few points. What, what's your beef about, about Sky commentators generally, not just RBT, not just those two?
2: OK,
0: so I think that what they want to do is to tell us about the history of who scored and when terribly interesting in the context of a game, that's number one but number two is when someone scores a goal then it's immediately uh, noted that this was expected and it reflects the superiority uh, of play and then there's an equaliser and then they say they self-justify and say yes well we could see that coming and, <laughs> <you> know, it's, <laughs> it's just not very perfect Rob well of course not, but they're paid a huge amount of money, so I have no problem about criticizing them uh, when when they don't meet the standard.
2: Who who does? John Motson. Oh. John Watson did, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean actually I'm, John answered it in your distinguished and long broadcasting
3: career, have you actually done any live commentators? No, no, I would do. It, scared, it, it, it would scare the life out of me, frankly. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I've done live telly till the cows come on, but doing live commentary yes. of, a, of a game or any, any sporting event would scare the life out of me. I mean, I take my hat off to them and, and their ability to actually react so quickly as, the, as they do to certain situations and to take in the technology they have to cope with. But anyway, this shouldn't be about television, presenting. this should be about football. I was just interested. I, thought, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting any of you to say that, but it's interesting, interesting.
1: I think... So I you how some interesting points john about it being difficult but sometimes i feel like they they talk to fill a gap whereas mm. the reality is you can see it and actually you can see the game unfolding in front of you and sometimes there's probably a benefit to them actually being quiet for a minute or two rather than yeah. feeling, like, to yeah. fill the silence
3: yeah, I can understand you saying. That. I mean, dead time on television—that's that's not easy to cope with. You know, being silent when there's a camera staring at you and X million people watching doesn't seem right. So I can understand that. Yeah. But I hear I hear your point. Yeah. So, so John, kick, kick us off with kind of your
2: your views then of the the transfer window so far for City and and the the business they've done. Um, how kind of satisfied are you? How how happy are you with the business that that's been done so far? We may come on to what's still missing, but in terms of business done yeah. to date, how
3: do you feel? Well, business done to date. I'm not seeing this this lad, the Spanish lad from Valencia, uh, but he sounds promising. He can play on either side. In fact, he can play in any of the front line positions. I was reading this afternoon. He's got great pace. He can cut inside. He can go to the byline and cut back. Uh, he he sounds a, a sort of Sane lookalike. I'm now. I was very, very sorry indeed to say, see Sané go because I thought he was a huge talent and a, a game changer. and I, I loved watching him. I mean, he didn't play brilliantly every single game, but then who doesn't? I thought, he, I thought he, was, he was a great loss. But best of luck to this lad. Nathan Aké. well, a good player, no doubt about it. Uh, I don't think he's outstanding, but I think, I think he's a, a sensible, solid buy. Uh, he can play left back as well as as, as centre half, and uh, you know, you never know. Chelsea may rue the day when they let him go to Bournemouth, uh, and he's cer- certainly one worth having on, on on the books, as it were. So, yeah, uh, happy it, it, with those two, certainly.
2: Um, see, some people get excited, or, or or I shouldn't say excited, concerned about two left-sided central defenders, because if I don't know what the view is, I think I suspect John Stones and Otamendi. I guess their days potentially are going to be done, particularly if we get another centre-back in, which we might come on to. But uh, you said he could play left-back as well. But if he's there at centre-back with Laporte, that's two left-sided players. Is that something that concerns you, Rob, as well? Or do you think they're top-notch players, these boys, and they can handle that sort of problem? Well, I do think we
0: have a real problem in central defence. And while it's time to say goodbye to Otamendi, I'm not one to... Uh, to get rid of a hugely talented player like John Stones. And that should be the benchmark. I mean, who, who is going to improve uh, the City defense in a way that Stones has done in the past but isn't doing at the moment? And um, it's not obvious to me that uh, Ake is in Stones' class. But I hope he, he, he proves me wrong and he does extremely well. But we are certainly weak in central defense. and you know, the business is not yet done by by a long way as far as the whole team is concerned.
2: Steve, what's your view? Are you happy with the business yeah, so far?
1: I think the business so far has been fine. I do think we need to add something else in central defence. Um, obviously, Pep sees something in Ake that we may not have seen so far in his career um, at Bournemouth. And I reckon he's, he's, he's a fairly young player. I can't remember exactly how old he is, but I think he's only to the 22, 23. So I think he's the kind of player that might grow into that role and he might actually flourish underneath Pep because he, he likes to bring in younger players that he can actually teach. And he's, he's seen something in him that he wants. Um, Torres I, is, is a very good player from what I've seen. I've watched the, the Spain game. A couple of weeks ago, and he was amazing in that. And really looks like he'll sort of fill that Sane gap or Sane sized hole that we've got now um, and become a game changer. But I really think we need to get an additional defender. I understand we've we sort of put a bid into Atletico today, and that was knocked back. So I'm hoping that we can kind of go back and, uh, and sort of prize that player away from him. I can't remember exactly what his name is, to be fair. Jimenez. Jimenez. Jimenez, that's I was it. About Jimenez.
0: Yeah. Yeah do you know much about him Rob Uh, not really Uh, only what my sons told me
2: (laughs) can I come back to you Rob on on stones for a second because you've obviously put in a a, a strong argument for Stones, certainly stronger than your argument for sky and BT sport commentators Um, in in terms of stones a lot of people say that there's always a mistake in him Um, and that's been proven over over the years he's been with City and uh, Some would argue that it is time to move him on. You sound like you're keen to keep him.
0: Uh, I am. I I think uh, he's got a chance to uh, get back. Everybody makes mistakes. I mean, if you watched uh, the Liverpool central defender at the weekend, uh, he was making three or four mistakes each half. I mean, it does happen to good players. Um, so, I, you know, when you think about what Pep said to defend John Stones when he was criticised a couple of years ago, to move from that to say that he's now surplus to requirements is, is a very substantial leak. And this, this guy is a class player, and, you know, I think we should encourage him to stay. Particularly, as Sorry. sorry. Uh, just particularly as the defence is so injury-prone and uh, we, you know, we can't just rely on two centre backs.
3: John, I agree with that. I, I think John Stones, you know, did was his performances uh, on, on more than one occasion were, were somewhat lacking. But I do think he's a, a class player. I, I think, and I'm, I'm not, i not giving anything away too much here. I think there's been some difficulties off the field as well as on it, which pro- possibly haven't helped his situation. But I do think he's a yeah. classy player, and I think he can come good. Uh, and I, I certainly would. You know, I, I think he's worthy of another chance and, and, and retaining uh, surplus to requirements. I mean, we paid, you know, paid a lot of money. Was it 41 million pounds for John Stones? Um, and you know, he's he's he's, he's he, he deserves he deserves another go in my view. Uh, Mendy I think, you know, been fine, great, but probably in terms of Manchester City, past his sell-by date now. Uh, the guy from Napoli, again, I don't know much about. He's costing a lot of money for someone of his age, as, as far as I can see. And if you know, City aren't prepared to pay that well, they shouldn't give in to it. And the guy from Atletico Madrid, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit in the dark on that. But uh, uh, Nathan Ake, by the way, is I just looked it up, he's 25 years old, so a lot of legs in him, yeah. Sure. I mean, c-
2: central defender is clearly an area where we still need strengthening. The, the other area... Um, with Sane gone, we've talked about uh, Torres, who's joined us. The other big, big change, of course, is the departure of uh, the legend that is David Silva. Yeah. Um, and I'd be interested in your thoughts, John, on that of who you see. I mean, i was going to say he's going to fill his boots. That's going to be very difficult for anybody. And somebody may never fill his boots, of course. He's been such a special player for City and the Premier League, one of, one of the best. Um, who do you see being the natural successor? Because some might argue Foden. Um, yeah, I have a different view, actually. Um, do you? I think well, tell us your different do, view.
3: Because yeah. I, I think he, I think he is a natural.
2: You, you see, I, I, don't, I don't think he is. I, I, I think actually Bernardo Silva is a is a better fit actually. Um, I think Foden's better playing a little bit further up actually and okay. a little bit further forward um, you know he scored since we came back from lockdown he actually scored a few goals towards the end of last season of course which Silver, if I had a criticism of him and I <laughs> I hesitate before I say this I, I, you know he hasn't necessarily scored as many goals as maybe he could have, he could have done I think Foden's more of a goal scorer and, and, and plays better further up I don't know if you want to respond to that
3: whether you agree well, you with might, that you, you that. may well be right I mean whether or not Foden should be in the team is something that we might discuss a little bit later on because of, uh, because of other issues. But uh, assuming there's, uh, there's a clean sheet there, which there will be ev- eventually, uh, I, 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 I would regard him as a natural successor to David and I think he's probably been under David Silver's wing in the last uh, 12 months or so and he's certainly and he's waiting for his opportunity he's effective in my view he's effective wherever he plays filled, filled most games anyway and he is a very versatile player David Silver. well what, what can you say I mean you know he will be missed whoever attempts to fill his boots will not have that will work very hard anyway to, to even even remotely uh, um, again, the same status and the same acclaim as, as David Silva quite rightly did over the years for Manchester City. He was arguably Manchester City's best ever buy. I remember when, when he first came, I was, wasn't was sure at first, I was a bit fragile, uh, a, a bit frail, but by God, did he prove me wrong. What, what a star he was. But yeah, I think Foden would do the job.
2: Rob, you, you're happy with Foden as a natural, immediate replacement for the great David Silva? Is it as simple as well, that? Could I, just, could I just remind John that Colin Bell costs uh,
0: Forty-five thousand pounds. So uh, it was yes. a lot less than David Silva. Um,
3: but in a I think it's very
0: absolutely. But yeah. I think it's very exciting that that we've got Bernardo Silva, Foden, and Kevin De Bruyne uh, as uh, a potential uh, members of a of a great midfield and and that that is very exciting and i yeah. i i don't see it's a choice between bernardo and foden i think they can both play
2: so you don't play mares then well I, I i mean
0: i wouldn't pay play mares in midfield in any, in any sense so i don't see that as as competition there i think the the loser in this is zinchenko and um, as far as I'm concerned, he's been a good player for us, but it's time to, to, to sell him. Oops.
3: Because mean?
0: Well, we, we, we have problems to resolve at left back. That's, yeah. that's one of the unanswered questions. I mean, what is going to happen to Mendy? £50 million pounds worth of talent. Um, you know, is he going to get a vote of confidence or not?
3: Well, he does not get my vote of confidence most games. I must confess, I mean, I think you know, he spent too much time fooling around on social media, not enough time to concentrate on the job he's paid to do. And he, uh, defensively, uh, a couple of occasions, I remember that game at Spurs in the pouring rain. I can't remember exactly how long ago now. But uh, it, uh, an embarrassment, frankly. Um, and, yeah, great going forward, great cross of the ball. But that's it. We had one of those before, we let him go to Roma. So I don't see quite what we gain gained with Mendy.
1: Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike, e-bikes that are cool AF.
2: Steve, give us your view on Silver versus Foden and then maybe touch on on the left-back situation and your views on Mendy after that as well for us, would you?
1: OK, I mean, I think that the three
2: players you talk about
1: there um, in Foden, Silva and De Bruyne, I think, are all fairly interchangeable in the midfield. Um, and I think that they all give you a bit of attacking verve. It's very difficult to replace David Silva with like-for-like because there probably isn't someone who's completely like-for-like. Light light. Foden is close, but I think even he himself admits that he's taken the best bits that he could gain with his skill that Silver actually gives the team and he's actually learned from other players like Aguero which you know kind of you kind of hint at with um, Foden's finishing ability he does seem to finish better than Silver. so I think we've got a few players to play around with there Zinchenko I would agree is probably potentially going to be the one that loses out but I think there's going to be a bit of a toss-up between him and Mendy. Cancello, I think, will probably stay. He covers quite nicely at right-back and towards the end of last season, he did a really good job playing at left-back and he seems to be thriving a little bit at the moment. So, I would say that certainly Walker and Cancelo will be around. It's whether we decide to keep Mendy or Zinchenko um, to cover that left back. I, I certainly don't see Zinchenko as much in midfield, which is sort of more of his international position. We haven't really seen much of him there, to be fair, playing for City. Um, and I don't really rate him hugely defensively. He just sort of tends to lose his concentration a bit from time to time and allows sort of those mistakes to creep in very much like Mendy does. I'd say Cancelo's is probably more solid as a defender than... Um, Mendy or Zinchenko, but also gives you that attacking flair too. So I think there's a few decisions for Pep to make there, and I'm, I'm not sure we're really in the market for a left-back at the moment, or we don't seem to be. We don't seem to be linked with anybody that's moving at the moment. There was talk of Chilwell, but he's gone to Chelsea. So I'm not sure quite how we get on that side of the field. The right-hand side is a bit easier to work out, I think. Still question marks over Maris for me, really, to be fair. I don't think Mariz has really shown us um, his full ability. He seems to have an up game and then a down game, and then some games where he completely disappears. So I'm, I'm not really sure on him. He doesn't tend, tend to play the ball that quickly.
2: Interesting. Are uh, we just going back to? I'll come back to Mariz in a second, but. but... Starting at left-back, the other issue that we talked earlier, of course, is that Ake, and I think John made the point that Ake, of course, can also double up as a potential left-back as well as cover that position. So we've probably got enough there for the time being. It sounds to me as though, and please chip in here, anybody who feels they have a view, in terms of what's missing, and we've still got an opportunity, the transfer is still open, of course. It sounds to me as though what you're saying is central defender, uh, is kind of number one left back is a question mark um are there any other gaps we seem to have filled the sarnay position we seem to have natural replacements for silver is anybody going to pitch in for an additional forward or or are we saying that the Jesus, third striker i think, I think Nigel. are you think you're, you're, you're voting try. for that are you Steve? You,
1: you think that's yeah, important I think you? So. we ever, ever since gecko left we've not really had that third Tier striker that can come in and do a different job. We've got Quero and Jesus are both similar in stature and they don't really necessarily give you that um, potential for a headed goal when you you, you know sometimes you want to log the ball in the box and get somebody's head on it. And I think that we've been missing that for the last couple of three seasons and there's an opportunity that we seem to be overlooking.
3: Uh, how many times time that guy play it? though? I mean, when you, when you, if you've got a Gro and Jesus fit, how many times would that guy get in?
1: Well, even if, he's, even if he's going to come on as a, a sub, though, John, I guess yeah. when when the when our normal um, playing through the channels doesn't seem to be working and we've got a team that's sort of sitting 11 men behind the ball, there can sometimes be an opportunity there to chuck yeah. someone on who, who actually can
2: lob the ball into them and might make a difference. And it, it just yeah. gives you that other okay. option, I think.
3: Yeah, you happy
2: to go with uh, so Rob and John uh, and John first you, you happy with the current strike force as it is or would you look to strengthen it I am I mean, what
3: John like? I'm a, well I'm a defender of Jesus and you know I think he gets a bit of unwarranted stick from time to time but I've got the figures in front of me now I did have last time I came on but if you look at the number of games he started well the number of games he's played full stop either the sub or having started and the number of goals he's scored it's a pretty impressive record actually mm. and he works mm. his socks off Jesus I mean you know no one could accuse him of, of, of not trying he's in the he's in the penalty box and next minute you see him is in the in, in our penalty defending in our penalty box and next minute he's uh, you know he's on on the goal line of the opposition i mean he's a he's a, he's a good very talented uh, little player and i and I, 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 have a, I have a lot of time for him um I think a third striker will be a, a luxury obviously uh, if you could persuade someone to come and fulfill that role knowing that they're only going to, as Steve just said, uh, they're only going to get on possibly for 20 minutes at the end of the game, now and again, tall order. Really.
2: Rob, Rob, your thoughts on the third you a third striker, yes or no? Well, I
0: agree with John.
2: I, I, I Definitely, we need a third striker. Uh,
0: no one's mentioned De Lap, who seems to be quite a, uh, an exciting uh, discovery, though he's very young. Uh, Aguero is a saint, of course, but he's not going to be around for much longer. And as he gets older, his injuries will probably mount, so we can't rely on him for the whole season. You know, we have to think big now. Uh, we need to sign, in my view, Haaland, if, if it's all possible, although not, not this season, um, for, for some of the reasons that Steve says, that, that you know, this guy is, is, is more mobile than uh, Zeko, but he, he does the same kinds of
2: things. We need three strikers, Absolutely. And can you just sort of uh, help us with the Foden situation, uh, Rob, someone who's used to sort of managing people? If, if you were Pep, what, what would the punishment be? Does he does he not pick him for the first couple of games or does he put his arm around you and say, look, it's done, the business is done, you've learnt your lesson, you've been a silly boy, um, crack on and, and do your business on the pitch? How, how how would you handle that?
0: Well, I think if if Foden's got any sense, uh, he will see that uh, he has let himself down very badly. He uh, He's um, put back the prospects for him playing regularly for England. And the salvation for him is to put in outstanding performances for City. So in my view, uh, it's punishment enough to be excluded from the England squad, at least for a short time but not to be excluded from the City team. And I think that would be self-defeating. And I think Pep uh, will not drop him from the team and will use the tactic of showing him that what he's done is stupid and that he's got to learn very quickly from this.
3: Would you agree, John? Uh yeah, I mean I must confess when I saw that story first of all I was reminded of a quote old Joe Royal used to use often when he was criticizing a player and he'd look at the player and he'd say, Brains of a rocking horse. I mean, you know, we, we all have we all we all make mistakes, me included, particularly when we we're young, but that was in the Super League of errors, wasn't it? It really was. Uh I can't imagine what the lad was thinking about actually when he when, when he got involved in, in that way. Um, would I play him if I was Gareth Southgate? No, I wouldn't play him much. I wouldn't play him for two or three matches at least. I don't think Gareth Southgate can possibly pick him for at least two or three m- matches, given the given the the severity of the crime in quotes that, that that he committed and the risk he put the players at, and the the fact that he you know, it, it risked the next England game being being called off because of his actions. Stupidity, absolute stupidity. And for what that about I agree Pep? That John? I think, sorry, what about Pep, John? Should he be should, well, it, should uh, yeah. he be playing? Well, that, Well, I I agree. I think, assuming Pep's given him a good talking to, which I'm sure he has, yeah, I think uh, he should should play him, probably would play him. And, and, you know, as I say, everyone makes mistakes. And actually, the debt he owes is a greater debt to England than it is to Manchester City, although his behaviour did reflect on Manchester City as well, of course. But, yeah, I think I would start him against Wolves. All right. Steve,
2: anything to add on the Foden story? Or should we leave it there? No, I mean, he's been very silly and
1: I'm sure he knows that and realises it. And I think um, potentially the public shaming has been enough of a punishment for him. And the fact that he probably won't play for England for a couple of games, I think Pep should just persist with him. He he knows how to get the best out of him and Phil needs to knuckle down and get on with it.
2: So so just, just having gone through the kind of the... The transfer window and the gaps and we'll do this very briefly because it's a bit of an old story but you you guys have not been on for a few weeks, Uh, does that mean we still want Messi or we don't Steve would you say? (laughs) No, never did and I'm I'm not
1: sure that I don't know how much effort the club was actually putting into it at the time or how much of the bluster around it was the fact that because Messi City was leaving we were probably one of the few clubs that could afford to pay him and the press just linked A with B and started to talk about C, D, E and F and I'm really not sure how much Sort of we put into it. And whilst it would have been nice to see Messi playing in a City shirt, I don't think it's the be all and end all. It's not really what we needed, based on what we've been talking about over this podcast. I don't think it would have really added to the squad enough. You know, that would have made us a, a better squad. It would really just given us another attacking option. But,
2: don't don't yeah. need Messi, do we, uh, Rob? With the talent of John Stones that you were talking about earlier, we don't need Messi, do we? <laughs> well, uh, that's cheap. Nigel to say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Surely not what cheap, but how dare you say. Uh,
0: although I know you're getting on and your memory fades, but if you <laughs> recall my last appearance on this show, I said the future of City is spoden, it's not messy, and we didn't need him. And actually I, I'm very glad we didn't get him. I think City behaved very well through uh, the agony that went on. They, they didn't make a bid for him. And uh, if he becomes available on a, a free transfer in a year, that's a different story. But no, yeah. it's a major distraction and I'm very pleased we didn't get him. And you're pleased
3: too, John, I know. Well, I, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I don't, think, I don't think we needed him either, but I have to say he would have lit up the Premier League, wouldn't he? I mean, every kid in the country would say, Dad, can we go and see Messi play, please? And, you know, the, the interest around him would have, would have been phenomenal. I don't think we need him. I suspect we might get him in a year's time uh, on a free or certainly much, much, much more cheaply. And, you know, he could do us a year or maybe two. He's getting on a, a, in, in life, nobody, but wouldn't do us any harm just have him hanging around.
2: I would have got a messy shirt. I'm telling you,
3: I don't. I don't Hell, tend to yeah. do
2: that. I, I would have. I would have got a messy shirt for sure. Uh, I've listen, seen some of your shirts, Nigel, they are quite messy. <laughs> mate. <laughs> uh, John, let, let's talk about the season ahead then, and, and your yeah. kind of expectations then, and, and looking forward uh, with everything. Looking back briefly, you could argue, compared with City's amazing couple of seasons before that, it was disappointing to just end up with a League Cup and yeah. sort of the, the massive deficit uh, in the Premier League. Um, your expectations for this season? What, what,
3: what, well, I hope we'll come out like a wounded animal and, uh, and and go for it big time. And I think that if we can keep Laporte and De Bruyne fit, we're in with a, more than a fighting chance. I watched the Liverpool-Leeds game at the weekend, and it was a great game. I must say, fantastic entertainment. But it did show that Liverpool can be look very shaky indeed at the back, as, as, as can Leeds, for that matter. But Liverpool will be our main opponents, there's no doubt about it. So, yeah, I'm hoping for the best. With those two fit, and uh, the right win behind us, I think we can do it. And I think you know, there's no doubt that Liverpool are, are a very good team and will remain a very good team. The front three are spectacular. But with Laporte there and another centre-half, I think we're in, in with more than a shout, and I think we're going to win the league. Do you feel the same, Rob?
2: Same enthusiasm?
0: <laughs> uh, I feel uh, that we have to put this into perspective. Yeah, I'm very excited, number one. Number two... Uh, City finished second last year. If we'd have finished second 10 years ago or or 15 years ago, we all would have been thrilled. If you look at the last four or five years, uh, it's been fabulous, and it will continue to be fabulous, uh, but we can't win it every year. The, The issue for me is not just the Premier League, which, of course, I want to win, but I want to make progress in the Champions League. And I think too many City supporters are dismissive of the importance of the Champions League. And that's one thing that has upset Pep. Uh, and I think we need to, to be careful about that.
2: So you're a, you're a Champions League ahead of the Premier League this season, are you, Rob? Just laying your cards on the table. If you had a choice, we could only win one of those. You'd want us to win the Champions League or of the Premier League? I would want us to win
0: both, Nigel. Um, that's not the question I'm asking we... you. I know, but I'm giving you the answer uh, to your question. I think um, you know you can easily win both; they're not mutually exclusive. And if you start prioritising
2: at this stage, you you get into trouble. Steve, am I am I getting into trouble here if I to prioritise one ahead of the other? You're getting under Rob's skin,
1: um, but <laughs> <laughs> I think we. Uh, I, no, I think I think Rob's right. Look, if we relax in the league and accept the fact that we won the league a few times, therefore we don't need to push that hard in it. We, we it, I think it, it's going to change the nature. One of the reasons City have become a good club now is we have that winning mentality and we need to retain that winning mentality at all costs. If you so- suddenly start slacking off and saying we'll win this competition and not that competition I think you kind of start to lose it and you lose the importance of it. Every game we're going to play this next season is going to be important and we really need to have a much better finish in the Champions League this coming season than we did in the last one we kind of fluttered out of it a little bit we flapped and just disappeared but we mustn't do that at the expense of the league. We need to give Liverpool a tough, hard run in the league, as as we will need to with Chelsea, because they. But but you know, Chelsea have really strengthened their squad. They'll start pushing some of the teams this year. So we've got to go all out in both of those competitions. If we happen to do well in the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup as well, great. But I'm not saying we should slack off
2: in those. So if you had to come up with your top four, I, I suspect from what you just said, you've got Liverpool, City, and Chelsea as three. Who would your fourth one, if you had to sort of predict now, uh, who who are you going with for your top four? Who's the fourth one that that joins that trio, Steve?
1: Arsenal. Um, I think Arteta is doing a very good job at Arsenal and he's starting to change the mentality. They always had a decent set of players there. He's added to that decent set of players and he's actually given them a way of playing and a style of playing and it's not that dissimilar to what he was doing when he was at City. So I think Arsenal will be the fourth team this year.
2: John, how does your top four change the Steve's?
3: I think Arsenal, uh, you know, under Mikel Arteta, are a different side and uh, now, now they've got their, their, their squad settled, I think most of them are now staying. Yeah, I I think, definitely, I think Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea and Arsenal top four. Definitely. Rob, do you want to to challenge that? Are you happy with that? Yeah, I do.
0: I think, first of all, can I say how wonderful it is to have James Rodriguez in the the Premier League and what a a difference he makes to Everton, uh, who will do much better this season. But don't underestimate United uh in their attempt to get into the top four i think they're probably stronger in depth than arsenal and they haven't finished although everyone associates them with every player available which is sickening and reflects press bias Uh, but you know they're a half decent team uh now and we shouldn't underestimate them
3: i agree but we just don't like admitting it do we
2: I always have them in my one of three to go down. So my three to go down are, are Fulham, Villa and Stretford. They're always yeah. one of the three. So I'll kick off with the, my three to go down being Fulham, Villa and Stretford. Um, Rob, yeah. you uh, give us your three to go down, please. West Brom, Villa and Fulham. Right, these down. OK, Steve. Yeah, I'm not going to agree with Rob on that. Those are the three that came straight to mind. And John, you got a different three.
3: Pullen, West Brom, and West Ham. Oof. OK. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, I've got note of those. We'll be back to see you before the end of the season to, uh, to check in on how you did. <clears throat> Can we just talk, um, before we uh, put our thoughts ahead to the Wolves match, which, of course, is a, <clears throat> a week tonight, um, after the weekend again, another weekend without football for City, um, just in terms of Pep and, and kind of what's going on there and, and, and ideas. There's some talk of him potentially extending his contract which would be amazing as well. I don't know, John, whether you have any insight at all, or any any views on that, particularly in terms of what you think Pep might do.
3: I have no inside track whatsoever. Um, I, I, you know, hope he's settled and happy, and uh, uh, and yeah, long long may he reign. Uh, the longer, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I think we have the best manager in the world by by a long shot. Uh, what he's done for Manchester City is incredible, and I just hope that it continues for some time. I can't see why it wouldn't. Well. I, I, I think he could be tempted. I mean, everything I hear says he likes being in Manchester. He's settled there. Uh, it's good. His kids are in school. there. You know, every, everything's everything's good on, on the positive side as, as far as that's concerned. And uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't continue.
2: Rob, you feel the same? Do you think, do you think he might? I, what does your gut tell you? That he might extend for a year or two? I, I do think that. I think we don't know
0: how lucky we have been to have him mm. for this length of time already. So anything else is a bonus. And what I hope, I I, I mean, he's going to go. There's no question about that. Uh, He's hugely in demand and he's very ambitious for a a multi-nation career. But I hope that he will not only see out this season, but take uh, at least one more year after this. And we will know something about the kinds of players that he signs uh, before October, what his intention is about whether or not he stays beyond the end of this
1: season.
2: Steve any thoughts
1: no I don't, can't really add to that uh, I'm in a, a one year extension I can't see him going on too much longer than that purely because he, he never really seems to stay above that long and he might actually want to rest because he, he gets quite intense at times so there's a fair chance he might take a sabbatical at the end of maybe next year or the year after I think
2: so, so, Steve, let, let's look forward uh, to the Wolves game. So let's talk talk some football then. Uh, something to look forward to—a new season uh, against uh, a, a Wolves side who uh, we didn't fare that well against last year, of course. Um, your your thoughts then, again, uh, ahead of the Wolves game next week?
1: Well, I think we we may be a little bit more um, fitter, perhaps, than Wolves, given the fact that we finished. The end of the season quite strongly. Wolves weren't; they were kind of like an okay or thereabouts. I'm not sure how hungry they are for results. They haven't actually played yet this round, have they? Um, so I think we need to go all out, guns a blazing, and, and actually just set the stall out from the start. When you know Liverpool already won at the weekend, albeit they kind of got a couple of fairly lucky decisions that went their way as usual. Um, so I think we need to sort of put our marker down. Very, very early, and we need to get an away win at Wolves. We've struggled against them, but that's mainly because they're a very well organised side. So um, I think we just need to play the ball fast and um, get the right players on the pitch, get the right attitude on the pitch. Hopefully, Aguero will be fit and available. Um, other than that, I oh can't It's very difficult to read when you haven't actually seen Wolves play for a little while, to be fair.
3: Sure. John, your thoughts ahead of the Wolves game? Very tough game indeed. In a fast, strong side, good manager, good squad. Uh, I I I think uh, it'll be very tight. I, you know, obviously, hope City will win. They should they should win. The can, can win, but it will be tight. I'd say one 0 or two one City. And finally, Rob, your your thoughts head of the Wolves game.
0: Well, I think we need to bear in mind what uh, De Bruyne, who needs to be captain, uh, said about City last season: too many mistakes. So you can play very well for 85 minutes. But if you make mistakes, you're going to lose games. And that's what's happened against a lot of teams last season. I mean, this is a, an epic struggle. They've got Triore. I, I, I don't know whether he'll be playing. But that is a classic counterattacking player who couldn't expose City in their weaknesses last season. So let's see what they've learned from last season. And hopefully they'll overcome that uh, and win. At the moment, they're 10th on the basis of not
2: playing so um, (laughs) hopefully we'll climb up the league Fantastic, a huge thanks to my three guests this week, to John Stapleton to Rob Barron, CTID and to Steve Cox this is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon Wasn't
1: that a great podcast? Now if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours it's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast you're gonna lose a number
0: of people to the flu this is a playback media production to listen to all our football podcasts
2: visit playback media
3: sports social podcast network
2: it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper